first. They kill Laura Palmer. Now, look what they do to television from David Lynch. The funniest half hour on the air starts Saturday. Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. Hey, Brian. Hey, Ben. As everyone just heard, the theme song, it's a special episode. On the air. Very exciting for On the Air. This is we've, something we wanted to do. We've been talking about doing this for months. We were quoted in 25 Years Later article that it was going to be the summer of On the Air. Wow. Let's never do that again. <laughs> this is why we don't talk about it. Maybe we throughout the whole year we'll... You on the air. Yeah. We've got seven episodes. We'll, we'll you, put one out a month, maybe or so. So we won't say a word or just show up. You hear that theme, ooh, on the air. Oh, yeah, they're doing another one. Yeah. So we got episode one. It aired June 20th, 1992, uh, almost exactly a year after Twin Peaks. When was this written and done? Like, it's a mystery to me. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, too, because... Fire and Walk With Me is coming out that summer. First episode was written by David Lynch and Mark Frost, mm-hmm. and uh, they were executive producers. The funny thing is, is David Lynch to be, seems to be more involved with this project than he was with Twin Peaks. <laughs> but it's interesting you say that, because he only directed the first and last episode of the series. Yeah, I think he was he hung around, though, and still was... You think so? Yeah. That's what I hear. Well, we have seven episodes to figure this all out. And they only aired three episodes. Yeah. Now, interesting you say that. I have some factoids about that. Okay. From what I learned, in the United States, like you say, only three episodes aired, but out of order, right? ABC only broadcast three episodes of the show, episode one, three, and five. Wow. That's crazy. I learned that the United Kingdom aired all seven episodes, the Netherlands, Finland, Poland, and France all aired all seven episodes, and at least four were aired in Canada, and the entire run was aired in Australia on the Comedy Channel. So other countries, which is odd, it's an American-made show, but Mm. other countries got the full series where we didn't. ABC kind of burned this off. I believe it was Saturdays at 9.30 p.m. is when it aired. Wow. They they didn't believe in the show at all. They just basically wanted to be done with it, and... (laughs) <laughs> they give it like the, the, the graveyard shift. Yes. Now, this day and age, for most people, it doesn't even matter when shows air anymore because you watch them on demand, nobody cares. Right. You but, could say, hey, I want to watch it on the air. I'm just going to go stream it. Yeah. But back in the day, you had to either be home, watch it live, or break up the old VCR and figure out how to record something when right. you're not home, which is something I did in high school. I recorded everything on my VCR. Like, I programmed it. Yes. I don't know. I'm sure you did I did some. I, I still amazed I didn't do as much. Like, I did do the last episode of Twin Peaks. I, I, I had a recording of it. And I did some. I actually, I think I X-Files was on it. So it was, maybe it was another year or two that I really started. X-Files, I started recording a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you're know. right. Me too. I have VHSs with X-Files episodes yeah. on it. Random. Right. I, I don't even know where, what order they go in. Yeah. It, it's interesting uh, nowadays, On a show like On the Air would probably survive on a streaming service. But back then, if right. you weren't home on a Saturday night, which a lot of people weren't, 
yeah. you're not going to watch it. I remember oh, no. it was hard on Saturdays to watch Twin Peaks. Today, if you said, hey, David Lynch has this comedy, you would just go find the stream of it and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So actually what happened was, you know, Lynch was mixing the sound of a Twin Peaks episode in season two. And this just came to him that he had this idea of people trying to do something successful and having it all go wrong. So I think he got, there was some entertainment of the idea of wow. things not working out. After reading Room to Dream, you almost see his early career where wanting to do things, especially with Dune and it going wrong or not the way he planned. Yeah. And it could be almost getting that stuff out of him. Right. Like he's purging, purging the uh, cream corn. <laughs> but we've also talked about these happy accidents, that sometimes these accidents make it better. And you'll see in this episode, the Lester Guy show, things going to go wrong, but maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's a great episode. Lester Guy, who's played by Ian Buchanan. Yeah, Ian Buchanan, you know, he, you know, as Dick Tremaine from Twin Peaks. And he was also in Days of Our Lives yeah. and uh, other soap operas. Right, I may have known him from General Hospital. General Hospital, <laughs> right. Um, he plays a washed up movie star who stays stateside during World War II. And he made a name for himself because every Hollywood leading man is off in the war. So basically, he's like the only one that's the entertainer. Because <laughs> this takes place in the 50s, 57. So... They're off in the war, and he's home entertaining. So he's kind of like the big star by default. It doesn't right. mean he's good. It just means he's there. And you kind of learn that throughout this series, that there's probably more popular people, but because no one's around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this show was supposed to come out in the spring of 1992, and it was mm. going to air on Wednesdays, and ABC decided they didn't really care for the show, and that's when they moved it to Saturdays at 9.30 and in the summer. So they decided not to even air it during the wow. spring schedule. And, and back in the day, you know, that's also something that's changed. I feel like summer shows can be successful now. I mean, we yes. have a lot more summer shows. But back then, summer shows were for reruns and things that they didn't want, they didn't care about, they just wanted to get rid of. You're right. And you know what's interesting? I think in the last 10 years, we've seen a big change. Reruns don't even exist in the summertime. It is all summer, new summer right. programming. Reality which is shows or something. A little interesting fact, Ben. Did you know, in 1997, TV Guide ranked this episode number 57 on the 100 greatest episodes of all time list? Isn't that something? Do you think it's still on that list? No way. No way. No way. I mean, only just, I mean, we, we're just in the golden age of so much good shows now. I, I mean, know. This was a good pilot, though. Yeah. Uh, very funny. Uh, and I enjoyed it. Like, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Lynch fan where I enjoy his work. I really, really enjoyed it. I yeah. think it's well done and very funny. I think it's got a very quick pace. Bam, 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 bam. I mean, I thought it was pretty quick comedy. Like, yeah, and, very frantic feeling. Yeah. Because you, you, you've. Ever seen the movie Noises Off? I know of it. I don't remember it. I highly recommend Noises Off. Noises Off is about putting a play. It has uh, John Ritter in it. It is frantic because they're doing a play, and you see the rehearsals, and the rehearsals are going wrong or right, and they do the play, and everything goes wrong. Hmm. But they pull it off, and it's frantic. And this is what this show reminded me a lot of uh, Noises Off. Definitely. Ruthie, this is live television. Betty. You're the co-star of the show. You have absolutely no experience whatsoever. You have every right to be extremely apprehensive. Where am I? Hey, Laura! Bertie! Rock! Come, walk with back. 
one of the big things of the first episode is they have Betty Hudson, who's like a nobody. She seems, they seem to call her dim-witted. She doesn't seem very smart. She's new on the scene, so you have this... I mean, that's a lot of times how shows bring you in. You, they have a new person part of the team, and mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. she's a nobody, and she's trying to learn her lines, and she's she doesn't understand about that she's supposed to be ironing, and it's not her mom at home that's uh, ironing. ironing. And I mean, I, it's funny, but it's you go cute. back and forth. It's almost like who's on first? It's like, no, 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 you're ironing. Your mom stays home. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, as they say, I think someone says a receptionist in the making. Um, yeah, <laughs> a Lucy, huh? Yes, kind of a Lucy character. She becomes America's sweetheart. Right. Well, let's set this up. It's only hours before the show is starting, Mm -hmm. and they go through the whole dress rehearsal. And this is a live show. It's like a variety show. Yeah. For the most part, it goes very well. When it comes time, 8 p.m. for the live show, it's a mess. I mean, it's a beautiful mess. It's a beautiful mess. And we have to talk about Blinky. I kind of feel like Billy Watts, Blinky, um, he's not blind, which is funny. It's interesting they take this this route of saying he's not blind. He actually can see 25.62 times more than everyone else. Blinky Watts is not blind. He suffers from Bozeman simplex. He actually sees 25.62 times as much as we do. If we were to see what Blinky is seeing right now, it would look something like this. So they show his vision... It's just like a kaleidoscope of weirdness. Yes, it's like but strange, strange items and things on on yeah. the screen with them, and that and every episode it's different. I'm like, hmm, this is probably what David Lynch sees on a normal basis. <laughs> like we're giving an idea of what David Lynch could see. But Blinky, I kind of feel it starts off with him. It's like this domino effect. Blinky, something happens to him. No, 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 no. I, no? I, I'll go one step before oh. that. Yes, yes. It's the Lester Guy Show, starring Lester Guy. Ah! Oh, something's gone wrong already. I need air! I need air! So Lester, he's supposed to be almost like singing in the rain where he's on a, a light post and he's dancing. Yes, And he yes. holds onto the light post and the light post knocks over and he goes down with it. Yep. And all of a sudden it's like technical difficulties <laughs> sign. And that, it's like, that starts it all off. So yes, it, it yes, wasn't even yes. Blinky's fault. It starts off with you're Lester. You're right, you're right, yeah. The set people didn't nail down the light post. Yeah. <laughs> and then the camera goes down at one point, right? Goes yes. sideways. yes. Which, so, yes. which is hilarious that one of my favorite moments is the audience. They have to turn their TV sideways and they're watching it sideways. So yeah, right. People at home are watching TV and they're like, well, it looks like the camera's going to stay this way. Nobody's going to pick up the camera. So <laughs> you, you see all these different homes around the country yeah. and they're all moving their TV so they can see it the right way. I like that stuff. Right. I love the cutaways yeah. to the family at home. But with Blinky, his main job is to do the sound effects, which is very much a big part of the show. He did fine in rehearsals. Everything's I mean, like, set he up has for a, him. He has a helper who's basically saying, okay, now it's time to do this. Right after the technical difficulties. Maybe Mrs. Zablatnik has a helpful suggestion. This phone, they, they, they pick it up and it's on fire. Basically, they're furious that they're having issues. Miguel Friera. Uh, Bud Budwaller gets the phone who's, who, who uh, he plays. 
and he gets a call from the president, and the fire comes out of the receiver. I love it, and I love it too. It's my yeah. favorite gags, and it's really cool. It's real fire. Yeah. Like today would be CG. Cause like yes. we can't. I can. Can you picture David Lynch saying like? No, I want real fire because yeah. it's something he would do. Right, right. It's practical effects. Yes. Like any, it's right to his face. Like he <laughs> holds it out. And, and we real- know in television, it could be farther away, but the way that, the way things are are positioned, yes. it'll look like you're right on top of it. I know. But he gets so then they hang up the phone and and Bud is furious and he bangs on the dashboard and that actually. Uh, changes uh, the blink- settings cha- for uh, Blinky. Yeah, Blinky's settings. Yeah, I, I don't know why it moves, but the console actually will move. There's a sign that says "Do, <laughs> do not, not move. move," which is weird. <laughs> well, you know what I was thinking? He must have it set up for different shows. Yeah, you're right. So this is yeah. one of the shows, and it's set up for rehearsal. Right. So that's why don't touch it. But then that moves everything, and it's set up for something else. And right. And so what he thinks maybe a a phone would ring, he yeah. pushes the button, and it's a whole different sound. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just like a series of bad events. It's really funny. Also, one of my favorite gags before the whole thing goes to shit is it's a, it's a sight gag. It's the makeup artist who looks like a French Artiste. Yes. He's got the mustache and the and the beretta on, and he's got he's using a paintbrush to apply a lipstick to Betty, but he's nervous because they're about to go live and he's shaking furiously and the lipstick's like all over her face. What makes this scene so good is she's straight faced. Like like straight faced, not laughing, <laughs> like doing like trying to get that lipstick on her lips. It I don't know why it cracks me up. It's probably my favorite gag. I don't know why it makes me think of Mel Brooks for some reason. I want yes. I meant to look up who the actor was that did the makeup, but he's just it's something that I feel like Mel Brooks films would do. He would kind of be like, I'm being very serious on putting makeup on, but it's like it's just yes. all over the place silly. It does remind me of that kind of style of humor. I think that's why it cracks me up. We should talk about the director. Who is okay, I can't I'm gonna mispronounce his name because he mispronounces everything. But it's Valja Gachtek. It's Gachtek, Betty. Gachtek. And it's played by David L. Lander, who was Squiggy and is also in Twin Peaks. Right, he was the director for Miss Twin Peaks. Yes, and he's also the salesman. For Leo's uh, device. Device, yeah. yeah. This is how they describe him now. He's from the old country. And director of the Lester Guy Show, he speaks English with a near incomprehensible accent which I thought he was German, but he's not. He often replaces O's with I's or E's, A's with U's or O's, and N's with T's or W's. Mm. And he has some sort of thing for oils and shoes, and he always misuses the megaphone, which the oils and shoes, I don't know if that's come into place in episode one. I don't remember it. But um, he always takes the megaphone and puts the big part in his face, and he yells into it. How's the director, Mr. Zablotnik's nephew, working out? Vladja? People really seem to like him. He had a great deal of experience in show business back in the old country, you know. Well, he really seems to know his way around the set. Plus from everyone. This is a very romantic sign that ends in tragedy. Mr. McGonagall, this is a very romantic scene that ends in tragedy. Let's hope your career with us doesn't end the same way. Let's. I thought he was German, but I he guess it's, it's just this weird accent that he right. just made up. He borderlines as an incompetent, too. So you like think, okay, we They're don't all have incompetent. I know. 
I love the guy in the beginning. He's got the two cups of coffee. My knives! So nervous because they're going to have everybody come down to see yeah, rehearsal. I love that. He's a that producer, scene. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ruth Truthworthy. Oh, she, um, she, So when the director speaks, she then has to interpret it and tell people. And then like when Betty is always kind of out of it and doesn't understand, it's like, Betty... This is what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's kind of funny. At first, I thought she was mean, but I really think she's really just trying to be helpful and, and correct them. Snaps doesn't like Welby Snaps dog food. The string comes up through the bowl, attaches to Snaps collar, which pulls Snaps against his will to the food. She has to mansplain it to everybody she will. I think she's just trying to keep the peace. Yeah, I thought the same thing when I watched it. But on second viewing, it, you're right. I do agree. Some of the stage hands are interesting. My favorite is uh, Shorty, who is a giant. How many? How many? What are the chances to have a giant on a David Lynch production right? named Shorty? <laughs> Sounds about right. And he's holding the rope, and he's like, I don't got it. I don't got it. And he's holding Lester Guy. And he's going to drop Boy, him. Well, there's supposed to be a scene where Lester gracefully comes into the room yeah. and says, I'm here to take you away, basically. And, and things mess up and he gets tangled in it and he's upside down. down. So now people who are watching from home are first watching it sideways, yeah, sideways and he's, he's hanging upside the, down uh, yeah. and he hangs upside down for the remainder of the live show. Right. Even the, they have a whole thing with a commercial. They have a dog. The dog yes. does not like the dog food. Snaps the dog. Right. So they force it to him. They basically have a rope to his collar to force him to eat the dog food. Yeah. And at the end of the live show, Lester is upside down and the dog is not eating the dog food. And it's just, <laughs> and he's trying, he's basically saying, this is great dog food. <laughs> Yeah, Snaps a Dog, and it's uh, he's a spokes dog for the Lester Guy show, Webley Snaps brand dog food, which is something they would do back in the 50s and 60s. You would have the ads would be part of the show. Oh, one character that's a like the quick kind of cartoonish character is the Hurry Up Twins. Hurry Up Twins. Yeah. I love it. And they are re they reoccurring. They're in like every episode just about. And it's funny because like, what yeah. do they do? They, they do say, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. up. Am I right? There's two guys in one sweater? Or okay. Well, from what I read and from what you can see, they're Siamese conjointed twins who wear a two-necked sweater at all times. And, and they say, hurry up, hurry up, up hurry up. <laughs> And I think that's all they've ever done. I don't remember them ever doing anything nope, else. Nope, I don't think, I think you're right. Yeah. The whole seven episodes, if you see them, they're just saying, hurry right. up, hurry up, hurry up. There's a variety show. Are there like cavemen that are like near the end of the show that just walk on set? Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, they're just like, like weird. what were you doing here? Yeah, it's like, they're just going to throw everything out there and see what sticks. This show, the premise, reminded me a lot of uh, 30 Rock. Yeah, totally. And... The, the one part that really stuck with me, we'll get into the ending of the Lester Guy show, but TGS with Tracy Jordan was originally called The Girly Show. Hmm. Now, The Girly Show, if everybody remembers, was Jenna Maroney. Oh, and yeah. then that's right. The beginning of that show was they want Tina Fey to go out and hire Tracy Jordan because <laughs> the show wasn't doing well in right. the ratings. So they bring Tracy Jordan in. I need you to talk for two minutes. About what? Anything. All right. These cats are more than just pets, sir. Why? Excuse just me. this morning. Where's the manager? I'm from the government and I'm here to inspect your chicken nuggets. <laughs> uh oh. Look at Shorty. 
this hunky grandma be dripping. <laughs> What's up, America? I'm coming into your house live. Let me hear you say, we love you, Tracy. And then it becomes TGS with Tracy Jordan and not the girly show. And she becomes jealous of Tracy Jordan, Tracy Morgan. And this show is kind of similar. You have, by the end of this episode, you have Betty, after all this craziness is going on, she's ironing. And uh, the guy who's supposed to come in with the gun, right? And be like, you're cheating on... Yeah, her husband, right. Her husband. His cues are off. There's this guy in the corner who's not moving, and she's <laughs> well, like, "This is funny because, like, well, because I think this is after the technical difficulties that when they open the screen, he's still there. Yes. And he's like, what is he doing in the corner? Like, he's just there. I think he's, he's like, <laughs> the reason is that he's stuck. Like, he probably was part of the props to set yeah, up this, you're right. the stage, but he's actually stuck in one of the cabinets, his suspenders or something. Like that. Oh, you okay. And so he runs and he tries to leave. I mean, this is ridiculous, but he runs and his suspenders." rockets him the other direction and he goes out the window. <laughs> yep. And, and then poor Betty, she's just kind of like, what do I do? This is crazy. And she's the normal one. Yes. So she, she decides to sing. She's telling the audience from home that what's going on before the show was. Like, I was talking to the director <laughs> and so I'm going to iron and yep. <laughs> my mom's going to stay home. And she sings The Bird on the Tree. So still through the Mr. Guy is coming through the window. <laughs> Darling. Hold on. It's Hold taking on. me up. No, I can't. I can't. Oh, no. <laughs> Mr. Guy has gone out the window. And all the phones start lighting up, and they got themselves a hit. Well, they're lighting up, and you can only assume that this is it, that yeah. you're canceled and stuff. But right. She saved the show. She yeah. became America's sweetheart. I really think it could be David Lynch who's saying, it's a hit. Yes, you're right. I, that sounds It sounds just, like David Lynch. I like, bet you you're going to place the soundbite right here. Wah-hoo-hoo-hat in her hungs. It will be David Lynch. Yes. Tell me if you think this is David Lynch. <laughs> it is David Lynch because David Lynch has got to put himself in there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. As the series will continue, which we'll, we go through, Lester Guy is going to have this jealousy towards her because she's supposed to be the dim-witted actress that nobody's supposed to like. He's supposed to be the star. Yeah. So that's where the contention is. This is Lester's show. He wasn't even on. He had that problem at the beginning, and that made technical difficulties, so you never got to see him dance around the light post. And then, uh, yeah, he didn't show up on cue when he was able to come in uh, through the kitchen area. Yep. And, yeah, he, he basically wasn't on the show, so everybody got to see her. her. This is why it reminds me a lot of 30 Rock. That whole premise is almost exactly the same. When 30 Rock first came out, uh-huh. there was another show, a variety show, by Aaron Sorkin called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Mm. It was an hour show. I thought it was brilliant. It was a great show. But it was that same idea of, like, you're watching behind the scenes of the making of a variety show. But it was a more serious. But uh, Listen, fellas, but we're, we're going to stop it. Did we lose the feed? No, we're live. I'd like both of you to clear the stage. I don't want anyone to think that you were part of this. You clear the stage. Go on. Go on, go on. Uh... This is not going to be a very good show tonight. And I think you should change the channel. What the change hell? the channel. When did they put this right, right now. So anybody know what the hell's going on? Yeah, Betty, turn off the TV, okay? I told them to hold. No, no, I... 
I know it seems like this is supposed to be funny, but uh, tomorrow, tomorrow you're going to find out that it wasn't, and uh, by that time I'll have been fired. No, this, this is not. This is not a sketch. Uh, this is real. You want to go to BTR? This show used to be cutting-edge political and social satire, but it's gotten lobotomized by a candy-ass broadcast network hell-bent on doing nothing that might challenge their audience. We were about to do a sketch that you've seen already about 500 times. Yeah, yeah no one's going to confuse George Bush with George Plimpton. Now we get it. We're all being lobotomized by this country's most influential industry. It's just thrown in the towel on any endeavor to do anything that doesn't include the courting of 12-year-old boys. And not even the smart 12-year-olds, the stupid ones, the idiots, which there are plenty, thanks in no small measure to this network. So why don't you just change the channel? Turn off your TVs, do it right now, go ahead. Oh, I get it. This is not problem. Get the camera off of it. Put it on what? Cut the boom mic, then. It's his show. I take my instructions from him. Art and commerce. Well, there's always been a struggle between art and commerce. I mean, now I'm telling you, art is getting its ass kicked. And it's making us mean. And it's making us bitchy. It's making us cheap punks. That's not who we are. <laughs> People are having contests to see how much they can be like Donald Trump. Are you bleeping this out? Caesar. He hasn't said anything you're not allowed to say. You had two shows at the same time come out, and 30 Rock succeeded, and unfortunately, uh, <laughs> Studios. 60 on the Sunset Strip failed. I never saw it. Was it good? Did you I, see it? I liked it. I mean, but I'm, I'm a big fan of behind the scenes, making of, mm-hmm. that we are unwrapped. And Aaron Sorkin is brilliant. I mean, I love mm-hmm. the the way the fast talk and walk in and do oh, things. Oh, yeah, so it was, great. It was, I think it was a great show. I actually yeah. would like to maybe pick up the Blu-ray or, or see if I can find it streaming because I, I thought mm. it was a good show. I bet it's on Netflix or something. Yeah, somewhere. It's unfortunate more people didn't watch on the air. Mm. A little interesting fact. So, you know, this was produced by Greg Feinberg, who produced Firewalk With Me and Twin Peaks. Mm. But currently, he's producing Big Little Lies on HBO. Oh, wow. And he also produced True Blood. He's done a lot of great work. Oh, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of interesting that he was producer of this show. He was actually only producer maybe of one episode. I think it was only this one episode. This is something that caught my eye. So I'm watching the credits. And then during the credits, they show the dog roll over. You don't see the David Lynch static until episode two at the very end. You know, their production company. It's the yeah. Lynch Frost thing. Right. Their symbol. So episode one at the very end during the credits, it says Twin Peaks Productions, which I've never seen that before. Um, but when I looked at episodes two through seven, they use ZBC, which, which is the fictional channel that this show airs on uh which is interesting um i actually googled twin peaks productions I, this might be the only time they used it i'm not really sure um yeah I'm, uh, i just assumed it was during twin peaks maybe it's Lynch at the Frost end production yeah but. that's what you'd think right um just interesting that twin peaks became a productions because you'd always see lynch frost just something I found to be kind of interesting. There's definitely a lot of people that worked in Twin Peaks that are, are part of this. Yeah. Um, where you have Sabrina Sutherland, who's producing this. You have uh, Robert Angles that will produce an episode later on. You have uh, Mark Frost's brother, Scott Frost, write an episode. Yeah. Angel Badamente doing be- the music. Yeah, and great music, too. Yeah. Peter Deming, who did Lost Highway and did cinematography for uh, the new Twin Peaks, he did one episode. Mary Sweeney will do one episode editing. 
Oh, nice. And a lot of directors, too, from Twin Peaks Direct, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leslie. Linkletter? Yep. Yep. Johanna Ray, of course, will be helping casting. So it's kind of cool, their family circle there. Yeah, it really is cool to see that there was a bunch of them that continue. And that's, I mean, I guess that's true of all of Lynch's work. He brings a lot of people that he knows and trusts back in for another project. Yeah, I think a lot of directors do this. They find people they trust and like. Any more factoids anymore? Anything we want to talk about this episode before we get into some uh, interesting reviews? I have the original script of the first episode. Okay. Betty in the script says that she never wanted to be an actress. She wanted the simple life of just cleaning sheets in the hospital. She wanted to help people, but she never had any interest in being an actress. It looks like her sister is actually a famous actress. God. So the thinking was, wow, we there's this famous actress actress on another network if we could get her sister maybe that she would be popular as well uh, we don't need it yeah i totally agree so what i would like to do uh for the remainder six episodes is read a couple interesting reviews i find online um about on the air because i think it's great to go back and see what people thought my first review is ken tucker for entertainment weekly ABC is dumping this new creation from Twin Peaks boys David Lynch and Mark Frost about the early days of live TV into a summertime spot that will probably attract few viewers, which lets you know what the network probably thinks of on the air. But what do TV networks know? Sure, on the air is unfunny, but not in a stupid who's the boss way, (laughs) rather in a bizarre, so corny it's surreal way. The premise, each week we're shown a new episode of the Lester Guy Show, a 1957 New York variety show hosted by Guy. The Guy Show is always a disaster, full of props that fall apart, backdrops that tip over, performers who enter on the wrong cue. This is due in part to the fact that the Guy's director, played by David L. Lander, squiggly on Laverne and Shirley, speaks in an unplaceable, impenetrable accent. No one knows what the devil he's saying. But it's also because Guy and the rest of the cast and crew are boobs, incompetents, and fools who are forever misunderstanding and fighting with each other. We are also shown the reactions of the 50s families watching the Guy in their homes. Everyone is a happy, grinning moron. On the Air is a one-joke sitcom that makes explicit the message that always lurk behind the Twin Peaks towering pine trees. That TV is stupid and people will watch anything. Its undisguised com- contempt is pretty enthralling. B plus. Wow. It, yeah. So that was interesting because it was sort of like a backhanded compliment. Yes. But they still gave it a B plus. Weird, huh? I mean, I think. Did you see that coming? That B no. plus. Yeah. <laughs> but what you got to say about Mark Frost and David Lynch, they do original stuff. It's not like yeah. you're. They don't do your like typical. Uh, like, oh, we're just going to do a cop show or we're going to do your typical comedy. I mean, they do, like, out there stuff and you don't know what, what's coming next. Yeah, you give them credit. Give them credit, yeah. yeah. I agree. And, you know, it's saying how they're just basically saying, well, people are stupid, they'll watch anything. And I kind of disagree with that. Like, I could see it a little bit, but they're saying it's too on the nose. I don't think it's that on the nose. I don't think they're. I don't think Dave and Frost are saying they're insulting their audience, saying, "Well, people watch anything." So this shows that's what the show is about. I don't believe that. I actually am going to disagree with him, and I'm going to say that it's not actually not what that the first episode is saying at all. Yeah. If anything, the first episode they're forcing the dog to eat the food, and you're you're like, okay, it has to be done this way, and we're, we everything has to be a certain way mm-hmm. to sell our product. And 
what made people like it so much was they were outside of the box. Mm-hmm. They say, like everything went wrong, and it's like I think that's what we like. We don't want. Maybe that's why the society we're in today is because things are not your typical normal stuff is happening. You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that uh, it's outside the box. It's original. It's new. It's like wow, they're messing up. I mean, yeah. I, and it's not because it's stupid. It's just because wow, you wow. For once, a girl spoke from the heart, and she talked about her her feelings about her mom and about how how beautiful this music yeah. was. And I think people kind of were taken by that. Not because like, if you go change the channel, you're gonna have something like oh, it's a comedy show, and you have the announcer, and you know they're gonna do a dance, and then they're gonna sell their product, and then it's over. And yeah. it's like your yeah, yeah, yeah. routine. Yeah, I agree. If anything, it's kind of making fun of all of the shows around them. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think Lynch and Frost are basically saying, "You typically everything is perfect, and you we have it all manufactured to go this way. But what if everything screws up and messes up, and somehow between with all that messed up stuff, you see some truth, and you see the truth in Betty." In Betty, yeah, I totally agree with you, Ben. I think you nailed it. So this guy from Trip Weekly is wrong. All right, <laughs> let's let's move on. I'm going back 26 years ago and telling him he's wrong. He's wrong. We're gonna go door to door. That's right. Now, real quick, you know, we, I, I knew about this was the 25th anniversary last year. Yeah. But you know, we were busy with Twin Peaks. Yeah. We it's didn't fine. have time, so this is like we're a little past the 26th anniversary here. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So Newsday, Marvin Kitman wrote, "It has a strange, surreal quality. I usually like strange." But this is strange, strange. <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, on the air, maybe the most stupid thing I've ever seen. Aww. Aww. And did he, any rating? That was it. That's all he said. <laughs> this is a strange, strange. Do you not know David Lynch? Yeah, I don't think this person does. So I got my last two reviews are from IMDb. One of the craziest guilty pleasures that you've ever seen on TV. Mr. Whiplash wrote in May 2007. Thanks to online video sites on the air of David Lynch's most obscure projects can be seen in all its unedited, short-lived glory. Needless to say, it's like the big gag reel Trojan horse of Lynch's career. Meaning that he somehow slipped this in, let it loose, and while it didn't really make a gigantic impact, for those who've seen it, there really is simply nothing like else like it. Well, actually, that compliment pertains mostly if you're yet to see something even more off-kilter that Lynch has done that hasn't been one of his most popular pieces. At the same time, he and Mark Frost accomplished so much in the realm of just sheer giddy slapstick random 7th grade meets art school satire and makes one big brilliant heap of stupidity. It's not too much of a wonder the show lasted as short as it did. If it had gone on longer, there remains the distant possibility it could have run its course very fast as a replacement show in mid-season. They gave it 10 out of 10 stars. Wow. And I have to tell you, a lot of the people on uh, IMDb gave it a high rating. It was all between 7th and 10th. Right. No joke. They've heard of it. They know about it. Yeah. So here is the one... I probably, this will be the only time I'm going to give you a one star because I think this might be the only one star on there. There might be one other one, but very few. This person, now, I'm going to warn you, there are no periods. This is just one gigantic run-on sentence. (laughs) Why are you reading this one? (laughs) It's entertaining. Okay. So they wrote, truly, truly dreadful. This show should be off the air. All right, here we go. On the air, no stars you know David Lynch, who did the great Twin Peaks years ago, created in 1992. 
One of the absolutely singly worst shows ever, this is it. I saw every single episode. I didn't laugh one single thing on this truly distasteful, mean-spirited piece of absolutely junk that makes all the terrible reality shows look like classic masterpieces. I agree with the book Bad TV that the show is incredibly unfunny and idiotic, and it makes me sick. In 1992 was not a good year for television except for Martin, and this show definitely proves it. How the hell did Ian Buchanan, formerly of General Hospital, and the Bold and the Beautiful get into this mess sadness meet? There is not one single laugh in this thing. The teleplay is trash. The acting is horrible. Everything else just falls absolutely flat on its face. This is an absolute dead zone for television. This, in the real world reality show, were the beginning of the downward spiral of television as we know it. Also, a few TV shows were worthy. One star. Wow. I know. That's a mouthful. I don't think this person got it. No, <laughs> I don't think so either. They thought Martin was the best show in 1992. I read it because it's funny. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't take this person too seriously because it was just one run-on sentence. There's right. literally no period anywhere. There's commas, yes. but that's it. Um, but obviously people don't, and the, the reason I'm reading this, it, it's humorous to read in here, but also not everybody got this and that's fine. Everyone has different tastes in comedy. Comedy's, you know, art is, you know, not for everybody. That's why it's David Lynch. I just wanted to read the, you know, pros and cons. Yeah. I thought it was really humorous. The Metacritic, just so everybody knows, there are three reviews on Metacritic, two good, one bad. That's it wow. for on the air. <laughs> Think about it. Three weeks. It wasn't even for a month. It was on a late hour on a Saturday. So, yeah, yeah a lot of people missed it probably. The other interesting thing about this is that this show is a single camera show, meaning that there wasn't three cameras. You know, when you think of variety shows, you probably think there's three cameras, at least three cameras, and they're cutting in between different things. Yeah. This is still your typical single camera, meaning that David Lynch would take the camera, shoot the stuff, then get his close-ups, or then get other things going on. And this show, there's a lot of things going on. People are coming in and going out. and So it's kind of interesting to think this show was still only used one camera at a time to, to That's crazy, film everything. Because it's well done. Yeah. I mean, frantic, very well done, very well filmed. I mean, no question about it. David Lynch did a great job in the first episode. That really impresses me. That was a one-camera right. show. Yeah, you would think, you think, I guess I would think with a variety show, you would have three cameras and you'd have everything just go crazy and whatever you get, you get. And it's like, yeah. oh, go to camera one, go to camera two, get three. Wow. And they could have filmed this in a public access station. Yeah, they they could have got three cameras for free. <laughs> there you go. Um, but what else is there to say about episode one? Well, you know, I, I'll say that, you know, uh, Ian Buchanan, I really liked him in this. Mm. More than I liked him as Dick Tremaine. I guess I was always rooting for Andy and Lucy, so I was thinking Dick was kind of a jerk, and yes. I was like, didn't like him. But Ian Buchanan in this is, is really good. I mean, I really liked him. He plays a jerk, but he he's still a jerk, but good. This, but his, his, his uh, mannerism and the way he acts, and like, he's practicing, and you know, people are being noisy, and he'll just give like a smirk, and he'll put his, his hands on his hips and he's just like i'm practicing here yes <laughs> but it's just like the way he was to me it was like i thought that was funny and there's times where like bud there is screaming and yelling at everybody which miguel does incredible like that's what yeah. he, he's great at that yeah, yeah on your feet mcgonagall you dink spine you gob of jelly oh, mr budwall we're all so happy can it be brain we are six hours to air <laughs> lester guy step forward please
friends. Friends. And he comes yes, out yes. and he kind of like, I'm here. I can, we can start the show. And he's, he's like, like a, so, he, he really is into himself. So he doesn't really. He wants everybody to love him. I guess so. Or he's just conceited and cares. Oh, yeah. I guess all the, the above. Difference. I guess it's yeah. all the same. It's like, I want everybody to love me. I'm the best thing. And it kind of like, I'm here. Like, he's almost like this Jesus Christ figure. Yes. Like, we can start now. The show is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about me. But he plays it off great. And I I, I like his, yeah, I like that part a lot. I'm excited to talk about episode two. I think I've watched episode one a lot. I'm happy to get all of this off my chest <laughs> because I'm really excited to dive into the rest of the series. Yeah. You know? So episode two, we'll be doing that next. We don't know when. It'll be coming out soon, I mean, sooner yeah. or later. Yeah. Hopefully in the next month. Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned. If we forgot something about On the Air, episode one, and you want to send us an email, twinpeaksunwrapped at gmail.com, just put in the header On the Air, and maybe we'll read it at the end of next On the Air episode. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. So yeah. if you have anything to say about On the Air, make sure you put On the Air in the header, and we'll read it on the next On the Air episode. Right. And unfortunately, you know, this is still not available on DVD or Blu-ray. No. Um, people have put it on YouTube, and there's probably other ways you can find it, but a nice, clean, you know, beautiful HD version is not available. No. So if you want to watch it, best way is YouTube. Yeah. Right now. Right That's now. it. I have high hopes that it will come out in the, in, Maybe DVD. In the next few years. Maybe DVD. Yeah, we had this debate, didn't we? That You say that things that are more obscure don't go on Blu-ray? No. It's very true. Um, I'm only saying this because I myself thought that wouldn't be the case, but Blu-ray never really took it off like DVD did. DVD was crazy popular. Blu-ray, sort of. Right. Now we're past Blu-ray. Now it's Blu-ray 4K. Yes. Um, in digital, digital taken off. So if anything, if anything, I could see on the air going to a streaming service. Hmm. Like, what if Netflix picked it up, or what if Showtime put it up, or somebody? Yeah, right. You know, um, I don't know. I, maybe a DVD release would be cool. I would be totally happy with that. Yeah. Because it's four by three anyway. That's true. So, I mean, the quality... Right. I'd, I just want to have it. Yeah. I own it. And it would be cool to own, on like, an official release. So, I don't know. I don't... I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are obscure things on Blu-ray, and I, but I can't think of anything. I've yeah. never... Like, when we talked to Sabrina Sutherland, she kind of opened my eyes when she was like, well, if there's no money behind... If there's no if there's no need behind something, yeah. why would they do it? That's a lot of... It's a lot of money right. to we were talking something. about 4K, which... Yeah. Right, 4K, I mean, we might have 4Ks, but it is still something that's brand new that still hasn't been adapted wide, widely enough that probably it sells well. Like, Blu-ray, would it cost too much money to put on the air on Blu-ray right. to, to recoup that cost? Yeah. It's a lot of undertaking. It's a big undertaking. They would have to digitally right. remaster it all, packaging... And what if nobody buys it? Right. I'm sure there would be, though. I'm sure there'd be uh, a big audience that would buy it. I don't know. Maybe hashtag on the air Blu-ray. <laughs> we get it trending. <laughs> yeah, let's get it trending. Everybody t- uh, tweet out uh, Sabrina. Can, can, we get, uh, can we get commentaries? And can we get yes. uh, extras? Yes. We want it all. with the actors. actors. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And we're going to produce it. All right. Let's do, let's it. do it. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway. You can like us on Facebook at Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Um, how is the old Twitter going? Twitter's awesome. Great community. Love it. Yeah, we'll get hashtag on the air Blu-ray. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get that going. 
Um, and we're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. iTunes, five-star review. That would be so nice to That'd everybody. be so good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you to everybody who writes in. But, I mean, it means so much, and it gets people to see our show more by, you know, all your great reviews and five stars. Yeah. Also, thank you for everybody who voted for us in the nominations category. Now, just a reminder, that was... Podcast to, awards! Yeah, to get us nominated. That wasn't to vote us to win. It was, we, were, we were like Lynch and, uh, and the cow... <laughs> yeah, for Inland Empire, we just needed to get nominated. Uh, nominated, right? So by the next show, I will announce if we were nominated. Okay. Or you'll see it on social media. We will make an announcement if we get. We are going to find out in the middle of August, um, when, if, and how we got nominated. Will everybody know? Sounds so, but good. thank you for yeah, voting. Thank you so much. Yeah, it means a lot. Uh, we have a great uh, fan base, great community. We love you all. See you next week. The show is called, as you said, On the Air. Mm -hmm. uh, like the first three uh, uh, letters of the alphabet are ABC. That's the network it's on. Right. And it's on at 9.30 at night on Saturday. Now that seems like an odd, some people hissing ABC. Good. <laughs> uh, I may be joining, joining that, but. No, no, that's odd. That's a, well, they do stick you in kind of a strange time period. Because, you know, if you're not in television, you think, oh, I'm on Saturday night at 9.30. This is the best time to be on. That's what you think, but mostly I people need, who would watch need, a show uh, like this. Yes, I need the people people's help. I, I um, this is uh, if you could uh, watch on Saturday night at nine thirty, it would be great. And uh, now tell us what the show is about. Is it a it's a show? comedy? It's comedy. a good-natured wacko comedy coming from nineteen fifty-seven with a strange little breeze of the avant-garde. Yeah. And, um, and it's, when you say it, wacko, that's saying something. Well, it's. <laughs> It's uh, it does make people laugh. It's it's a comedy. And it's a is it a spoof on a variety show or something? It's a it's a live television show done by a fourth-rate uh, network called Zablotnik Broadcasting Corporation. <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll be interesting. I mean, all things those, go wrong yeah. uh, on the show. Is it sort of like the old Sid Caesar show, like something like that? It's it's um, it's got a uh, like I say a wind from from those shows, but right. it's it's taken that sort of theme and, and twisting it. And I have to say to, hello to uh, Mary Ellen from South Chicago. Oh, that seems fair. Okay. That seems fair. Okay. Well, it sounds good. It's called On the Air, and I shall watch. I enjoy your work, so I like wacko weird things. Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. I, we recommend you pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over 100 interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, you're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive.